0: A Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. In Health Hacker, we break down a health topic for you in each episode. But this is a Health Hacker interview where we find out from inspiring people how they've hacked their lives and then pass this knowledge on to you. And we call it... Hacking the Hackers. And in this episode, we're speaking to Damien Moo. He is the CEO of AIA Australia and New Zealand, and he joins us here. Adam, I know you're very excited to speak to him. Why is that?
1: He's a guy that is hacking the health insurance industry, which is amazing. And the thing I like about Damien the most is he's authentic and he's real and he's passionate. And um, I think everyone's going to get a lot out of his story today because he's somebody that is trying to help other people. And uh, I don't want to Urinate in his pocket too much, but how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Adam. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, good thank be, yeah. you. Can you tell everyone about um, a, a little bit about what you're trying to do differently in the health insurance space?
2: Yeah, mate, I'm I'm just really blessed to be working in an industry where we can make a difference in people's lives, and um, you know, I, I I'm a first generation migrant Australian and born and um, blessed to be an Aussie. Yeah. Um, and I I believe that the great Australian dream is to have a healthier, longer, better life in this wonderful country that we yep. have. Right, and so, um, in in doing what I, I do with the the, the family across Australia and New Zealand, we we were there always to help people at a time of need when something went wrong. Yep. And that's great because that's important, right? To help Australians and their families when they need it most. But how could we, you know, leverage that relationship to really get on what which is which important, which is not support and assist um, and treatment, but prevention. Prevention, yeah. And and that's where right I think the revolutionary opportunity exists to, to really help people to make small changes to to, to better health.
1: Yeah, I think you're underselling a little bit because, like for me, when I look at health funds in general, I've been in one for a long time, and they probably hope that I'm not in it for much longer because I've had 26 operations. <laughs> so Damien wouldn't like me as <laughs> as a uh, as a guy um, as such from that point of view, but you're rewarding people. And, yes. you know, a lot of people join a health fund and go, what well, what am I getting out of it? Alex, they're like, well, you know, is it every year I'm spending my money and, and whatnot? Whereas AIA have said, well, you know, let's try and incentivize it, let's gamify it, mm-hmm. and let's try and make health fun.
2: Yeah, Adam. And, um, you know, and when I first met you, I was inspired by what you were doing. And, you know, our 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 vision is to really champion Australia and New Zealand to be the healthiest and most protected nations in the world to have that dream, right? Right. And um, what what we looked at was what was wrong or what was perverse about the system, again, what I was saying was that really um, it didn't encourage people who were taking an interest in in, in being healthier for themselves, right? And so basically what we thought about was, okay, we've got that insurance in place, great, okay, and we're there to help. Um, and that's important. But how could we really help people on the journey through what we call shared value or, or behavioral economics, which is to know more about their health, which is one. Yep. So once we know about something, we usually you know, are more aware and want to do something. But then two, backing that up with recognizing even though we might know about something, there's still barriers that exist. So yep. how do we help people improve their health and then the third part is even if we start the journey so for example how many times have we started going to the gym or yeah. started a diet or something and then stopped we um, look at the third part of rewarding people for their health and incentivizing them to keep going to keep giving them that nudge um, and um you know just what what it really recognizes is that um you know financial models of what uh, and economic models have always been financial but people are not financial people are humans so yep. we need behavioral economics here and yeah we we incentivize people to um, look after their health, and clearly, if they do that, um, it's they get a win- rewards. Don't yeah, they? well, yeah, but and we win as well, so we yep. can pass those rewards on because obviously it lowers the chance of claims, yep. lowers the burden on um, society in yep. terms of the health um, costs, and um, and and we can then pass on lower premiums to them, but also. For example, if you go to the gym twice a week, at the end of every three months, we pay you a hundred bucks cash. How is that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a bit different, yeah. but it's not just that. I mean, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, we've, we've seen over a million people go to the gym in the last week, 90 billion steps have been recorded from Vitality members in the last year. Um, and, uh, what, uh, the, the Vitality age of people, which is their lifestyle age. Yeah. Cause Adam, as you know, right, and I was saying it to you before, um, People think I'm healthy because I train a lot, yep. but it's more than health is not just about physical fitness. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at people's uh, lifestyle age, which is what the vitality age is, um, calculator does. It looks at how the behaviors or choices you make today yep. are impacting your longer term health, yep. which means your lifestyle age is actually probably older than what you think in terms of your birth age. Yeah. So even though I train a lot, I was three years older because I'm really bad at sleeping yeah, yeah. and I wasn't eating regularly, but I'm changing that thanks to you. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about that. I think um, people don't understand
1: the difference between health span and lifespan. And that's that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Lifestyle plays such a big part of exercise is one pillar. You always talk about there being four pillars to yeah. good health. You want to share with yeah, me,
2: I think it's, and, and and this is the thing, right? I think it's important because what, what does health mean to you, me, um, or fitness mean to you? It's all, all very different. And people usually just associate health with marathon running or lifting heavy weights. Yep. Um, you know, go on big. Right? And, <laughs> uh, and let's face it, um, I, I don't mind uh, p- um, popping a few out on the bench press. Uh, <laughs> but um, the reality is uh, moving well, the four pillars for me is we, we try to put a, a – a, a broader definition to it to help people connect to it, which is just about moving well, yep. which is sort of your exercise. Yep. Uh, move well, eat well, which is yep. about your nutrition. Yep. Um, uh, think well, which is really about how you feel and your mental well-being. Because yeah. if you don't feel good, you're not going to walk around the block. You're not going to eat better. Yep. You're going to do all the other things. Yep. And then the fourth one is plan well because you know I'm I'm a big dreamer, mate. I mean, I I love to dream big. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I have the dream of helping, um, you know, repurp- helping to repurpose the nation around a happier, longer, better life, and um, uh, re- uh, the vision to help champion healthiest nation. But I know that dreaming big. Once we've done that, the three elements to achieving that is one, you've got to believe. Yep. Right. And and if you don't believe, then you've got no chance because the abominable no man, as we call him, yeah. <laughs> which mostly sits in our head, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is going to tell you you can't. Yeah. Right. And so you need to be able to push through that um, along the journey. And you and I have talked about journeys, right? Yeah. There's ups and downs all the way along. That's mm-hmm. life. Yep. Second thing is you've got to have a plan. You've got to have goals. Yep right? Because you can't just, otherwise it's just a dream. And the third part is you've got to get on with the work and do it. It's not hard work if it's in service of your purpose. So um, you know, that's why for me, it is about those small changes and and, uh, planning well is important because otherwise without a plan, you can't get there.
1: And what I love about your story is the fact that people understand what you're trying to do with your brand if they have a look at your journey of life. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your background. You you spoke about it before, but I love your story. about The fact you were brought up Your mother was uh, Sri Lankan?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, as I said, I'm really proud and blessed to be an Australian born and bred in Australia. Um, But um, I don't come with any sort of, you know, papers in the sense that uh, I'm I'm a bit of a mutt. (laughs) So my mum was Sri Lankan and my dad was half Chinese, half Burmese. And so, you know, if you used to go to the RSPCA and you see that ugly looking thing in the corner. That was me, mate. <laughs> That's harsh. And, uh, but you know, you know. But, I, but I'd, but i be uh, wagging the tail and yeah. get someone to take me home. Uh, but, um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, the 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 reality was that was a blessing, right? And uh, w- growing up in in Australia, with a, there was three of us in the, in the house. I was just just born when my mum mum and dad moved yeah. out here. And my grandmother was my hero. I didn't even know it, man, at the time. Yeah, um, it was not until later on in life when we sort of grow up. But uh, she left a very affluent life in Sri Lanka to come out here to give us a better life. And yep. that was that was where I learned the, uh, the first uh, importance of purpose and a common goal. And she worked in a factory in Dandenonga, which is not in, in Victoria for yep. the next 20 years, getting up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning and getting back and coming back. And then all she ever asked was on Sunday, we all come over for lunch. Because yep. um, obviously after a while, we all got our own places. And, yeah. you know, um, but it was that work of the family uh, where, you know, my mum was my mum, my aunt, was mum because it sounded like mum. We just all just did what we had to do. Yeah, yeah. My dad was an inspiration to me. I didn't, again, you know, he, he'd he do a cleaning job in the morning, work during the day, study at uni at night. And, you know, it was all about no one complained. Everyone yeah. just worked together. And so for me, I want to give back, mate. Yeah. You know, and I want to make a difference and um, in, in people's lives. And I, I don't know what that ultimately means, but, you know, I just get up with an energy to say, hey, if I sometimes after, you know, travelling and I do about 150 flights a year, get up in the morning and sometimes, you know, you've still got drool coming down and yeah, yeah. Um, you f- don't feel like you've actually slept. And then suddenly I think about, oh, my gosh, what can we do? All oh, the exciting things we can do to potentially make a difference in people's lives. Not just yeah. big things, small things. Like yeah, yeah. just saying hi to someone in the lift and asking them how they're going. I can have a 30-second impact on someone's life in that moment. So it's not about the big things always. It's about the little and the small and the big things. So that family background of helping each other, putting purpose and create a good, um, ahead of everything else has just really been awesome to help me. And I didn't even know it till later on.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a great story, isn't it? The fact that, um, yeah, people probably don't know the enormity of your role. AIA is a huge company. Oh, yes. You know, a kid that, you know, grew up, um, you know, in that, um, Tough sort of environment, working class is now mm. the CEO of that business. Yeah. Do you pinch yourself sometimes and go, How did um, you get here?
2: Yeah, I, look, I, I do. I, I just take nothing for granted. I don't see myself as any special or any better than anyone else. I'm in the trenches, you know, sometimes. So I feel very grateful and blessed. I think leadership is a responsibility and a privilege. Yep. And that's what I try to honour. Yep, like it's not a position, it's not an authority, and everyone's a leader, mate. Yeah, yeah. you know we all can have impact by, you know, um, showing leadership. By and leadership is just about sometimes words and actions coming together, right? And I, I yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm grateful, um, and you know, I just sort of got into my first job, um, and all I knew was that this team needed to we were process claims, yep. and my job was to log the mail all I wanted to do was log the mail as quickly as I could and I'd try to get done as quickly as possible in the eight and a half, nine hours I had in the day there so that I could help the other the rest of the team get their job done. And that's, I just, it was what it was about, was just how do we achieve whatever the goal and focus is? And, um, you know, I think that the, if I could have, give anyone any advice about their career, yep. too often I see people focused on the next opportunity rather than just being awesome at what they do. Yep. All right, just, it's the give to get mentality yeah. and, and you see a lot of people get disengaged because they think that they should be getting the next job or the next promotion or the next whatever. And they, what they forget is that the most important part to that yeah. is be awesome at what you're doing now. now yeah. Give your full, full effort to that. And, and by doing that, you'll, you'll, you'll be recognized. Yeah. 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 But don't, um, don't go searching be in the moment,
1: and I think that's the key to happiness, isn't it? Too, because people are looking for happiness yes. tomorrow. Yeah. When I get that big car, when I get that big house, I'll be happy then. No. Whereas happiness is in the now. Being yes. grateful for what you have now, and yeah, you, know, you you probably are aware of that's why you are happy because you've got a an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. That's something you practice on a daily basis, isn't it?
2: Gratitude. Yeah. Well, I, I need to yep. because you know, like t- life can be pretty tough. I mean, mm. as you said, I mean, look, I, I am very grateful. We AA Australia New Zealand, we we ensure we look after the lives of four and a half million Australians and New Zealanders and their families, right? Um, and we've got a health business and we've got a vitality business. We've made a promise to support and assist people. Yeah. Right? We're the largest life insurer globally um, and the largest across Australia and New Zealand. And, and you know, that, that, that that's a responsibility that goes beyond just um, that to my team but to to the society that we operate in. And we need to take that leadership role really importantly. But um, having that attitude of gratitude is important to me as one of the ways I... Maintain my health and energy. Yeah, uh, because um, there are times when you know I had to invent things like thirty four seven because twenty four seven doesn't cut it, <laughs> right? You know, like. Yeah, but you've got to find ways to just accept it. What I found was accepting things and acknowledging things, whether they be feelings or realities, was so much more liberating than just trying to pretend and kid myself that they weren't. Or oh, like, it's going to get better tomorrow. It's going to yeah. get easier tomorrow. Or you know. So what I do now is I'm you know I, I I I'm operating at a very high energy level, and sometimes when you're operating at that level, people think that you just sustain it like it's, you're not superman, you're not superwoman, you crash. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the and when you're coming down, what I look for now is as I get older and more mature, is how can I manage that better? And one of those things is definitely I start to try and practice an attitude of gratitude and then get some perspective on things yep. like Damien, are you that important? Yeah. Is that situation that big? Yeah. Have you got food on the table? Have your kids got water? Mate, get over yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right. And really start to take that overwhelmed feeling of the, you know, the, uh, of the moment away and then just start to be grateful for what you do have. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, um, you know, you know, just find other ways. So one other the other ways, sometimes people at airports might think I'm a bit strange, mate, because I, I pull out my imaginary cupcake and have a pity party <laughs> and blow it out. But, you know, it, it, there's no use not acknowledging you feeling a bit sorry for yourself or a bit down after a big couple of days yeah. in terms of, you know, but but don't dwell on it. Acknowledge your feeling, okay, I just uh, acknowledge it, let myself be human, blow it out, and then off we go, mate. We've got to make a difference. You've got to make a difference. That's well, it.
1: you have become smarter in the way that you work. I, mm. I know that back in the day, you used to, you know... Get on an early flight and yes. you know fly overnight and get up. Tell everyone about making sure that I suppose they're putting the oxygen mask on themselves first yes. before they can help other people.
2: Yeah, I've got a long way to go on that journey. Yep. Honestly, I mean you know there's certain when you think about those four pillars I talked about. Yep. I'm doing really well on a couple Exercise, of sides. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know when I think about the the think well one, and that's probably the biggest one that everyone's sort of grappling with um, at the moment. You know. And this might sound a bit deep and a bit out there, but I sort of try to think about: well, what is the really, what is the core issue? What's the problem here that you know we we're dealing with either as individuals or society? And every generation's had challenges. In fact, ours, you know, we haven't had to deal with famines or world wars or whatever. Yeah. So generations before, man, they could probably say, "What are you guys complaining about?" <laughs> yeah, they could. But actually, it's not it's not what it's about. It's mm. about what what is affecting us right now. And I think the the core issue for us as a, uh, as a, um, a generation is one of assimilation because the speed of change and data and information and technology and Instagram of life and this and that and the other things, there's just so much information coming at us Yep. and things changing so quickly. You know, you can't get an iPhone eight before nine comes out, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, it, it, you don't get a chance to assimilate. So we're feeling overwhelmed, Yep. right? And, um, and this is where, uh, I think that, you know, if you want to make positive change, doing it from a place where you're feeling overwhelmed is never going to be good. Yep. So I've, I was not practising what I preach. Yep. So what was I doing? Getting every overnight flight, running straight into the office, finishing meetings, doing a dinner, getting the next flight back out, or even back overnight. Mm. I flew all the way to the UK for 18 hours, flew all the way to South Africa for a day and a half. I mean, I spent more time in the plane than I did in in the actual country I was visiting yeah, for work. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you meet some people and lots of good people who are there to help you. And, um, um as you know, a guy by the name of Shane Crawford is a yeah. mate and, uh, whatever I said, Hey man, you need to look after yourself better. Is the world going to end if you took an earlier flight, um, and just spent half a day acclimatizing, yep. maybe go for a run um, and guess what? Um, like you, you've said to me before, Adam. You, you know, you look up self-care, look after yourself, just a little bit. Don't indulge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and not only was I better at work, um, so I could give more to my team and my clients, but I actually was more present when I got home with my family. Yep. And presence is the biggest gift you can give anyone. I agree. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm. I'm far from. Um, Would they call it enlightenment when it comes to that? But I think um, there's no use. um, I've got a a great belief of you do the best you can. Yep. And um, rather than wallow on, you know, I could have done better, just make sure I'm focused on doing better.
1: So do you have any hacks around being more engaged when you go home to your family?
2: Yeah, look, there's a number. um, And I think it's, I don't think you, so for me, it hasn't been one thing that I can sustain. Because, you know, a funny thing about human nature is once you sort of, you know, get comfortable with their routine, you'll have a sort of creep back again. Yeah, yeah. So the first one used to be, uh, I remember growing up, you know how you used to put the dog in the laundry for a while, yeah. so it didn't <laughs> poo and we everywhere. Um, my phone used to go in the laundry. Yeah, yeah, great. And um, yes, I'd have the shakes for the first five minutes <laughs> uh, and... I, I was anxious because I thought the world was going to end because uh, yeah. what if someone needed me, man? And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and, uh, so, yeah, putting the phone away for a while so that I could just be um, present and it took a little bit of practice. But then, you know, Kai, my little boy's five, Bailey, my little girl's eight. Um, you know, he'd be like, dad, let's play cars. And I'd be playing cars with him. And I just would get into it and about three minutes into it, his emotional energy tanks left and he'd go off. <laughs> he'd go Thanks dad. I'm going, where are you going? Don't leave. Cause you know, that, that, yeah. that just goes to show you by being present in that moment. Um, the other one was, um, uh, you know, my wife, um, uh, and I went and did a transcendental meditation course. Yeah. She's been really good at that. 20 minutes. I couldn't do that yeah. in the sense that it wasn't working as well for me to yeah. sustain. So now I try to do a little bit of mindfulness before I go on the house. Yeah. Great. Um, and, um, just try and transition. From, you know... Work damage work. to home damage. Yeah. yeah. And and actually, it's not that they're two different people. It's just being... Two different mindsets. Two, absolutely. Like, that's the key, mate. It's the mindsets. Because this rubbish, I, I don't understand people who say there's this work life and this personal life, because if that's the case, then I've led a pretty poor life, mm-hmm. because if you've got 24 hours in a day and I'm spending 12 hours at something I just do to have four hours mm. of a day before I get some sleep yeah. and I think it's a pretty sad waste yeah, yeah so so yeah it is it's a step back into the right man, mindset so I can be present and um, so just little things like that nothing major don't try to so what do you do before myself? you go in the
0: house you sit in the car and just breathe for a beard like what what's the process
2: yeah so yeah absolutely so it could just be actually um, I don't like to go to home and do it in the driveway so, there's a local IGA car park that's seen my car there a lot. <laughs> now, the, the trap is, mate, don't go in and buy a beer as well. Because, <laughs> uh, but it's. Um, so you'll just pull over yep. in the car park and just take 10 minutes for you. Yeah, no, it's probably sometimes even five minutes or yep. 10 minutes. Um, it is just, uh, I've found that um, it, it's all to do with breathing for me. Um, and, uh, uh, it, it uh, yeah, it, for me, it's actually. I actually am a bit of a self-disciplined person. So if I can just put into my consciousness that I want to do something, yep. I'm pretty good at doing it. I don't mean that, you know, any there's a lot of things I'm hopeless up and make lots of mistakes, <laughs> yeah. but it, meaning like I can, Yeah. so once I make the, okay, I need to just take three deep breaths and sort of um, actually find for me, the breathing exercise that works best is something that Dr. Jamie, Lou, Jamie Lee, she's uh, 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 the CEO of health question taught me. Oh. It just is for breath in to your stomach, hold for seven and just eight out really slowly. And it's the release one rather than the in that – it gets me focused again. Yeah. So is it four seven eight? Yeah, four seven four, eight. Four seven eight. eight. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's a very popular breathing mechanism. Okay, and, sorry, um, yeah. I'm... Yeah, no, it's great. And, and a lot of people don't understand the value of the exhale, which is the most important part. Th- that's the bit you I control, learnt,
0: control your diaphragm yeah. out and your mind's focusing on that. So that's yeah. well, well, you
1: know, breathing is the most important thing. People don't realise, but um, you know, you can go three months without food. Mm. You know, you can go, you know, mm. nearly a week without water, but you know, you can't go without oxygen for more than a couple of minutes. No. Yeah. And yet we breathe 23,000 times on a daily basis. How many of us are actually consciously aware of how we're breathing? We don't breathe properly. So yeah. it's Everyone's holding their stomach now, Everyone's aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone listening to this podcast and yeah.
0: goes, hang <laughs> so win," And it yes. sets your body
1: into the fight or flight well, mode and causes stress. And only 60, a Japanese study recently showed, Alex, that 60 seconds of deep breathing actually reduced cortisol by over 50%. So right. it's a great hack there for and you. And the
2: cortisol, mate, that is the, that's the one that's uh, probably, if I was to talk to any um, corporates out there, and it's not just, Mm. it's not corporate um uh, it's out there it's it, it's don't think that just going for a run and being able to maintain high levels of um a stressed environment uh or is is healthy right mm. that cortisol is is getting released um and we need ways in which to it is it's normal mm. um and I don't call it stress I call it you know being in a sort of a, a, a a busy state, let's call it. But when you've got those busy states, the cortisol is coming out and you need to work a way to switch it off so that Mm. you can recover. And um, that's not what I've been good at, the recovery. But um, that's the the bit that I would say to a lot of people who I get the pleasure of getting to know in in sort of corporate Australia. I don't know if they've actually understood that part because it's happening on the inside. Yeah.
1: Well, the type A personalities, they think working harder is always the best way to being successful. And when I often tell people, you know, how do I lose weight? People ask me all the time and I say, well, don't do anything, just sleep. Mm. And they're like, what? And I'm <laughs> like, just sleep, just breathe. <laughs> you know, they're the big rocks that are going to fill your glass up, more importantly. But a lot of the time we're not aware of what we're doing and that's where it was interesting for you a little bit of a self-experiment mm. recently where you put a tracking device on. Yes. Tell us about your self-quantification experience.
2: Yeah, so that was, um, uh, I mean, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you, do, you we all have to... Um, we all have to sort of help motivate ourselves, and sometimes you don't want to face into your own uh, into your own <laughs> vulnerabilities, but it's, in, it's, it's actually a way of growing stronger, Because right? the more knowledge you have about yourself and um, how you can, you know if, if I, I go back to purpose if I want to make a difference in as many people's lives as I can and leave behind a legacy, yep. you know, um, for generations to come by championing this cause with people like yourself and others, mate, um, then I need to try and be as effective as I can while I'm here. And, and that requires energy. So, um, you know, the, the, Learning about this, I went. I went on um, again. Dr. Jamie Lee from Health Quotient, who you have got to meet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's in this, based in Australia, done some amazing work lately. Come back home, um, has uh, you know put this tracker heart tracker on, and it was really just about checking out those three things: what was my uh, restorative sleep? Yep. My stress and recovery, my stress recovery, and my physical. Fitness. Yeah. Well, the physical fitness was uh, a plus, mate, um, yeah, yeah. and I was pretty that. proud of that. You're yeah. all right. Tell oh well, no, no, yeah, that was a 90 out of 100, right? Oh, wow, 90 out of 100. It's no, pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, no, it, it's just I, you know, I train every day. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. I mean, so it's it's you tick that box. I tick that box, yeah. and this part meditative for me as well. And I'm I'm very fortunate to have some great mates who it's sort of a chance for us to spend time because we don't get to go out anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like there's no time for that. <laughs> no beers anymore. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so got like, no, no. No, no. No, dumbbells instead of lifting scooters, mate. There's nothing like a with beer on a treadmill. I mean, sorry. And, <laughs> and, and on a treadmill after I've had my man shake in my bar. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, th- th- so that was that. But then, unfortunately, mate, the, the, that's only one element of your health. And then when you look at that, talk about that, this the the recovery element. Yep. My sleep restore uh, restorative on one night of the three was six out of a hundred. Wow. And my stress recovery was thirty six out of a hundred. Yeah. Now. Um, do you think I was? Anyone would have known near that. No, no, right. And uh, was I functioning well? Mm-hmm. I think so. But guess what? Can you imagine? This is the scary part because I'm not one to dwell on the negative, right? I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with negative energy and emotion. <laughs> Can you imagine if I could have improved those to get fifty out of hundred on my sleep restoration, another twenty percent on my stress recovery? imagine what I could have done that day. Right. <laughs> I already probably thought, you know, like we, that's the thing, right. I, I mean, having so much passion for what we do and, and, and being so committed to it, the more energy I can have to put into those things and my family and friends and other things, you know, uh, it's so not So what are you doing me. to change it? Uh, so yeah, so there's three things. Uh, one is, uh, one is a worked in so structurally you know as a, as a CEO I've got to run a large business and it's about making sure I've got the right people and the right roles set up to be able to help me because you can't do it on your own mm. and I've got a phenomenal team but sometimes it's just about making sure it's structured in the right way for because the business like life changes so I'm looking at that and making sure we've got the right people and supporting them to be the best that they can be if I can support them to be the best they can be, then that's going to help me tremendously. Yep. So that's on a work of level. And then on a um, personal level, three things, uh, well, I don't like to do, I love the power of three. Any more than three, I start Why is to that? Do, I just think that I've done some research and the power of three seems to be a really uh, common Denominator for success throughout life around change and around
1: so setting three goals or setting three processes no more than
2: three just yep. three things right because um, it's too
1: overwhelming more than three yeah
2: yeah, yeah yeah they even show user experience on on the net that's uh, right behavioral economics economics right yeah. any more than three clicks and people are out
1: yeah right more than three options they won't purchase a
2: absolutely yep. right um, and so uh, I just like to keep it simple on three but the three are very much about one I do want to make sure I'm not having screen time before I get a bed. Um, and that means an hour before I'm going to bed, I am not going to look at the phone anymore. Um, uh, and I'm not saying the phone might not be on that it can ring somewhere because I might be, need to be contactable, but <laughs> so I don't want to have that. Then I'm saying just the screen time of looking at the screen and get back to making sure I'm reading before I go to bed. Yep. Um, and I'm also going to do um, my two-minute little car trick before I go to sleep so that I can try and improve my sleep. Um, and the third one, as I said, was making sure... Um, that I don't uh, have the guilt because, um, you know, growing up in a, a Sri Lankan family, uh, we, we I don't know, there was this cultural thing around this disease to please and, you know, you just wanted to feed everyone and, mm. you know, you just do, do, do is this really thing. And so um, I used to feel very guilty about self-care, meaning like looking after myself means, oh, shouldn't I be doing something for the kids or whatever? So actually, um, you know, just uh, being able to, Give myself that uh, benefit, like travelling uh, when I'm travelling overseas, maybe getting half a day earlier instead of getting there one hour before. Um, you know, getting in time for after an eight hour meeting, one hour to go and have a shower and get to a meeting, getting there half a, day, half a day earlier and just um, getting some downtime. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. When you're talking
0: about um, setting a goal, I've mm-hmm. noticed with you, a lot of it comes down to vision, right? Like, because mm-hmm. goals come from vision yes. and I know what your why is, but with your vi- when someone is looking for a vision, how do you think it best, um, someone best comes up with what the vision is for them and what they want to achieve?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, and it, it's, the, it's the million dollar sort of question that people ask themselves, but it's the same answer and it's no, unfortunately no more enlightened than what everyone knows. It's, it's, you've got to find out what your why is. What are you passionate about? And once you know, what once you can tap into that, the vision will come, right? And, um, you know, you don't want to... Because you, you got to know what you're trying to vision. And so you've got to really think about, like, you know... I uh, uh, so for me, it's, it's, it's finding out what your why is and what, what your purpose is mm. and, and what you're passionate about and then that vision comes. But Alex, it's a really good question because sometimes uh, one of the mistakes I probably, not mist- I don't like to think of it as a mistake, but one of the learnings I had is, um, you know, inspiration is really important and motivation and, and a good vision and a great vision and a compelling one will do that. Um, but sometimes it can also overwhelm people itself. Right, because that's great. You've excited everyone. Everyone can see it. They want to get there. But guess what? We've got to get there. Mm. So it's back to what I said earlier. So I really, you know, we've come up with the insight around dream big, thinks more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to dream big, but then we're going to remember we've got that dream, but to get there, we're just going to do all the small things we mm. need to get there and focus on that. So it's not overwhelming anyone and everyone comes in the drive. So probably not a fantastic, sorry, the, the, the vision comes from just a, from the heart and the head coming together And um, being being passionate about it.
0: Yeah, it's great. You've got to be
2: authentic. And
1: that's the key, I think. Like you said, understanding what your why is. So if you're going on a health journey, understand why you want to be healthy. It's not to look better in a pair of jeans or to fit into that suit, the why has got to be something bigger that's going to motivate you when it is cold outside and you don't want to go for a run or you don't want to get out and Mm. exercise, or if that extra beer and pie is calling out your name, you know, just the the motivation of looking better in your suit or your dress isn't enough. No. You need a bigger why, which is Mm. keep up with the kids. Yes. You know, set a good example Mm. for your kids. You know, you've really got to find that why, which I find intriguing. Um, your kids, you know, are they mm. a big motivator for you, setting a oh, good example,
2: mate. I, I you know, I, I think it's again, you know, you don't want to sound cliche, but uh, it was the, it was the life changing moment for me. I was busily working away, working, you know, thirty four seven, just running hard. Um, they gave me perspective, man, and that was the biggest lesson. Sorry, I should say perspective and the and the impact presence can have. So as I said to you that little game with Kai, where I could put the. Um, phone away and, you know, three minutes of playing cards with him and he was bored of me, (laughs) showed me how important being present was. And then I brought that into my life where, as I said to you, I can have 30 seconds of an amazing moment to make a difference in someone's life, mine and theirs, in a lift. I love this. By being present. Yeah, being present. Mate, and I'll tell you what, I speak on mental health quite a bit. Yep. And um, I don't have all the answers, but I, I know we've got to face into it. Yeah, Right? So we've Why is it
1: so prevalent? Why do you think it is? Oh, I think- Technology? It to,
2: I think, well, that's one of the contributing factors yeah. that technology has meant that life has become far more fast and, mm. you know, you can't assimilate mm. and you don't know what's real. Mm. It's overwhelmed us. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, man, you can drink water today and tomorrow someone will tell you it's not good for you. Yeah. Like, how do you know what's right yeah. or wrong?
0: Mm. It's the whole point of this show. Mm. It's it's the whole point of this show. Adam was trying to hack into topics. People were like, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know. Well, they're
1: confused because, you know, the problem is the information is so conflicting and so biased and so untrue. Mm. You know, we now know that the food pyramid, which was designed many years ago, is actually BS. We know now that fat's not bad for you. I know. Um, You know, it's, and people will say to me now, it's all too hard. I'm confused. I'm just going to give up.
0: But I think what you said, Damon, is interesting is to lean into it and go, I'm going to hate this, but I'm going to do it because we talk a lot about a goal has got to be measurable but the only way to do it is to measure it. So you had to, you knew, Damon, Mm. of course you knew how bad your sleep was and you're like, I better measure it. And you're like, it's a six? And then the mental health thing, you're like, we're just going to have to look at what this looks like so you can actually understand it. So do that uncomfortable thing of saying, what does it look like? And then from that, you've got your baseline and you can go
2: from there. Absolutely. And so, you know, and it's about doing the, and I spoke at a leadership summit about this. And um, I just was so blessed that they asked me to speak about it because I thought this is the perfect place to speak about it because no one's going to believe that this topic is, you know, this is a topic that they're expecting to hear from yeah. a CEO or a leader in financial services. But I, um, I was saying I want to encourage everyone. We don't have all the answers as a a society, but we've got to start getting on with the action and acknowledge that these things are real. What's great is um, people now feel more comfortable talking about it. So that's good. Yep. Okay. That's a good thing. Now what we've got to find is ways in which we can help people. And there's the big things. Okay. So there's the big things like, you know, policy change. Um, uh, We just, I I just said, okay, team, let's do it. We just went and did the largest global study into mental health using over a million bits of health information globally to see whether we could find a connection to um, risk factors that would lead to higher Yep. chance of mental health issues. And it's been compelling, right? So we finally got the evidence because no, everyone intuitively knew about it, but there was no real big data at that mm. level. We've now got that and we're looking forward to publishing it. But that's great. They're the big things and we've got to pursue those. But guess what? The thing I want to encourage and empower everyone to do is the small things. Like, guess, is it, I talk to, I mean, we have a quarterly induction with all our new team every quarter that I go to and I'm the first one to present because I believe people are important you got to be there. And I say, you know, you have the power to make a difference by just coming in and doing this and saying, "Hey, how are you going?" and yep. smile at someone. Yeah. That can be the difference, mate. Yeah, i yeah. Right, just asking someone, "How are you going?" Yeah. and smile. <laughs> like don't ever underestimate the impact that can have. That can save someone's life day whatever. And um I'll give you a good example. You guys um, you When you go into a room, if someone comes in and you're sitting there working and someone comes in with a really low energy, grumpy face, doesn't want to be there, sits there, sort of moves in the thing, the whole room and the energy does die. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to if they come and they go, hey, hey, Adam, how you going, mate? How was your weekend? Hey, can I help you with something? Is everything good? everyone's teeth comes up. And you should see when I do this little silly experiment at every quarterly induction and show that role play, all of a sudden all I can see is a room full of white teeth (laughs) because they actually just energised by the fact that I'm smiling at them. So just don't forget the small things. You know, they're in our control and um, just we'll do the big things but don't stop and wait for those. Do the small things now. I think in
0: life there's so many options to us, right? Mm. And you've got to make a choice. Yes, you are someone who have to make a lot of choices. How do you make your choices and then live with the consequences of it?
2: Oh, that is a great question, Alex. Someone asked me that the other day and um, it, it wasn't something I had a, uh, you know, I, I don't, I can give you the technical answer, which is- Go on. No, 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 the technical one. I use a lot of analysis and data and- But that's okay. cool, but
0: people do. People do. look at YouTube tutorials mm. and choose on what toilet seat to buy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like people, nah. whatever the data is, big or small, people are researching. So that is- actually interesting, I think.
2: It it is. And using data and information is very important, okay, because you want to use, you know, when you're making choices and and decisions, you know, and and they range, right, you know, from the big ones to the small ones. So when you're making some of the bigger bigger ones, you want to make sure you've considered things and use the data. But I guess overarching all of that, Okay, there's three things that I do to make sure. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Power three. Things. <laughs> three things that I absolutely do to make sure no matter what decision I make with, I can hold my head up high and look myself in the mirror or any one of my team members, family members, etc. And that is, number one, um, is this in line with my values and principles? 100% yep. of the time. Because you can't choose when to be good or bad or you know, when you care, when you don't care. Number two, have I given my best efforts here? Is this my best? You know, because that's all you can do. How does your effort though align to a choice? That's interesting. Yeah, because when I have I given my best to thinking about this situation, oh, okay. have I given my best in terms of um, listening to others? Yeah, have, have I, I done all the best? research? Yeah, have mm-hmm. I done my my best? Have I worked hard? Have I thought through this? You know, and and that doesn't have to take days. That can be minutes, right? Yep. Um, and because I've I found that the concept of and the fear of loss is only. And winning and losing is just simply about giving your best. And I'll come back to that in a second. So the last one is then, this is the most difficult one for everyone to think about, especially in business I'm talking about, or even in family. Is this about me or the greater good? And when it's about you, you know it, because your little hairs on the back of your neck stands up, this is about my ego, this is about me, this is about might, and that's when you know you're off chart. Yeah. Okay? So when I, you've got to look, you've got to be able to, if you can't be honest with yourself, Alex, you've got no chance. Mm. No mm. chance of re- reaching your dream, because um, so for me those are the three: is have I, is it in line with my values and principles? Have I given my best? Because I'm not always going to be the I'm not always going to be the best, but have mm. I given my best? Yeah, yeah. And three, is it about me or the greater good? And if it's about me, I need to recheck it because I might have actually been biased by something that's more about me. Yep. On the best thing though, just yeah. here's a little thing. I don't know if it's true or not, but mm. I I believe it, so I share it. Another example to think about it is a lot of people waste a lot of time naturally um, fearing loss or losing something so they don't do something or the aftermath of that lost feeling. And I I would just encourage everyone to try and liberate themselves by thinking and removing that by saying the concept of winning and losing is just about giving your best. So let me remind – and everyone close their eyes and think about a time when they didn't get the outcome they wanted but they gave their best mm. – and how they felt versus a time when they didn't get the outcome or win or do something and they didn't give their best. You can't win them all. No, you can't. And that's what's great about it because what you will recognise in that situation is, okay, you go, hmm, what did I learn out of that? What could I do better next time? Cool, let's go have that beer now because I just finished that race or I just finished this whatever. But when you haven't, you know, that's when that abominable no man or no woman starts playing up and starts going, oh, I lost oh, how am I going to, you know, and, and it's a horrible feeling and it stops you from doing it again. So get rid of the concept of win and loss. It's all about giving your best in life and that's all and you
1: not, do. And not being fearful is a big thing. Mm-hmm. You just touched upon it there. There is no failure. And that's yeah. what people fear the most is failure. And the reason they fear failure is because of ego. Yeah. And if you give your best, you haven't failed. Yes. And I think that's the common thread there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're, I mean, yeah, none of this is that I'm sharing with anyone today is is not things that others wouldn't know or, or not. But this is just how I cope in this life you yeah, know, yeah. and what I've learned out of it.
1: I mean, you have to make so many decisions throughout the day. Do you have a routine as such that you stick to on a daily basis to allow that, unweighting of having to make decisions on a trivial thing, same sort of breakfast, a lot of successful people wear the same thing every day, trying to remove mm. them small decisions early in the day. Do you have any hacks around your routine?
2: Yeah. So I think my, my, my again, I try not to overwhelm myself by too much discipline because I'm not the most structured yep. person because I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, people say, are you more intuitively led or, uh, you know, head, heart? I'm probably more heart. Yep. And the head, but both of them, I can operate from, but where's my natural... So so um, for me, the exercise is the most important. Yep. I love my training.
1: Yep. So I, what do you do? What's your go-to?
2: My um, go-to is just, you know, I like to do some cardio every day and some yep. weights. Yep. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a good weight session. Yeah. The weight session doesn't make me feel the same endorphins as the cardio, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. I need to do the cardio. Yep. But yep. what I've tried to think about, Adam, is rather than, um, I found that uh, getting into a really rigorous routine in, a, in a, what we call Kevin Roberts, um, who's a, 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 a friend and a, and a mentor, or he was the MD of Sarchin. and, Archie and has written some amazing books, but he oh. talks about a, a VUCA world. So in a volatile and uncertain world, um, sometimes, you know, it was like trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with me saying, well, I'm going to impose my structure in this world. So I was probably not being very successful. So what I've tried to build is more of resilience to be nimble and agile of as things come to me. So I will plan out to try and have, you know, I've implemented trying. and to not have too many meetings before nine o'clock yep. to get more reading, yep. but sometimes it's going to be eight thirty. I'm not going to complain about that. Yep. I used to start my meetings at seven thirty.
1: Yep.
2: Um, I am going to try not to go more than two meetings back to back without a fifteen to thirty minute break. Yep. Because actually, I can't be present. I am, yep. and I'm probably f- possibly people fooling people. I'm effective, but I'm thinking about all the emails building up. I'm thinking about all the things I haven't done rather than be in that moment. And so I try... But if those things don't happen, I, I try to recognise that, hey, I've got to be, you know, um, uh, be, be nimble here and build up a resilience and an agility to cope with whatever the world is going to give me because unfortunately... There's many times when I've gone to bed looking at a diary that looks like it's meant to be tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, And then by the time I get in the next morning, there's nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, I do have my routine bits, like I said, the stopping off before home. Yep. I'm trying to get those those breaths in during the day, exercise. But um, I don't have a specific diet. Unfortunately, and stuff that I could. Well, your share.
1: diet is feeding your brain by not being too structured. So then you beat yourself up when you fail.
2: Yeah, that, that's well. Thank you. That's the articulate way of saying what it was. Well, what I found was I was feeling overwhelmed yeah. when I was having too much structure that I couldn't mm. control.
0: Then you're getting frustrated that you go, oh, I'm not sticking to my structure now. And then you're like, that's really annoying. And then you're getting angry on that. So it's about, I suppose, can I hit as many of those key things I want to in the day if I yeah. can? Great. And how do I move it around? So at least you still are.
2: And that's right. And what happens is you end up coming into a bit of a downward spiral because you're feeling like, you know, I think you mentioned Adam and Alex were talking about uh, sometimes just being able to challenge yourself to do something really silly in the morning, like, you know, not silly, um, but challenge yourself around a little thing, like, you know, having a cold bit of shower at the end makes you feel like you've achieved something, yeah. right? And you start with that positive mindset rather than oh you know constantly feeling like you're letting yourself and others down which is which is
1: which, which setting is yourself to... up for success yeah early in the morning gives you that first win early on and allows you to live a great life and a great day and you know that's what I love about um, this man is the fact that he brings so much energy and he lives you know what he talks about and um, thank you so much for your time today it's been ah. an absolute pleasure
2: thanks Adam thanks Alex it's been great to thanks, be here mate and thank you love working with you mate yeah. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia.
0: Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.